Marketing, the casino for businesses trying to break through to the frontier of success. These are the voyages of entrepreneurs, dreamers, and really naive millennials on a mission to get ridiculously wealthy. To seek out new traffic to their stores, offices, and websites. This is Unbottleneck, the marketing podcast taking you to the farthest reaches of online and offline marketing. With the elite experts, professors, and that crazy guy with the weird haircut who has two gazillion Snapchat subscribers and wields his social media influence like a sword from Castle Grayskull dipped in CBD oil and lit with a blue flame ready to break through the tough bottlenecks of marketing. Welcome to Unbottleneck. Now here's your host, the nerd of nerds, Steve Wiedemann. Hey everyone, this is Steve Wiedemann and welcome to another episode of Unbottleneck, the podcast where we solve common marketing problems. And today we're going to be talking about social media and TikTok and all sorts of great things. Uh, our guest today is Chelsea. Uh, I got it wrong again. <laughs> it's... That's right. It sounds uh, like lights. You got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, Chelsea's core competencies that lie in social media, especially Instagram. In the past, she was really big on Snapchat, particularly in the real estate business. Uh, she has her own podcast called The Voice of Social Sales. Write that down. You're going to want to follow this one. You think ours is interesting. Wait till you listen to this podcast. Uh, Chelsea teaches people how to use the camera on their smartphones. Who has a smartphone? I think everybody. Uh, to build a powerful personal brand. And we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. She's currently with Fidelity National Financial and is the National Director of Social Sales. Um, Chelsea, tell us a little bit more about yourself and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I always love a chance to talk to, about social media, especially Instagram and all the things. And um, yes, I my niche is in real estate. So I have a very small, narrow niche uh, and a really amazing community that I've worked with in the last, you know, 21 years. I uh, was a real estate agent for many of those years and I got licensed in, I like to say, 2001 BF before Facebook. So I did not grow up with the internet of things. I did not have social media. Uh, I had a career before social media even existed. Mm. And so um, the last I would say uh, five or six years I've really been focused on helping that community understand how to utilize social media to build a very human brand through technology. Um, and uh, I've written a couple of books along the way, and I have the podcast, and just excited to, to share all of the tactics and strategies today. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I share that with you with not having any of that social media stuff back in the day. We had, my first computer was an Apple IIe, if you can believe that. So Oregon Trail, Odell Lake, that was, that was how I learned computing. And the internet didn't come along until later on. So I think uh, I think the people today don't realize how spoiled they are with such quick access to information. True, true. Well, cool. Well, I got a lot of questions to go through, and uh, let's start with the first one. Uh, can you give us your take on the current relevance of Instagram? I know this is a, a big one with all the new social networks coming out, uh, and other social media platforms like TikTok, Snapchat, and of course the new Clubhouse. Who's using these platforms, and you know what are the top benefits that come with incorporating them? Wow, it does feel a little bit overwhelming, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. There's always something new. There's always something changing. There's always something evolving. And even within one particular platform. So let's just take Instagram, for example. You know, you had the main home feed and the explore feed, and then they added stories and then IGTV and now reels. And there's just all sorts of things in it. So even being in one 
platform can often feel a bit overwhelming. And then you have new platforms on the rise, like say a TikTok, who has been the most downloaded social platform, especially in the last year. And, you know, should I be there? Should I be going onto these other platforms? And I always tell people, you can pick a favorite, whatever you focus on expands, you can be successful in a variety of different ways. And all things work some of the time and sometimes nothing works. So really, I want to I want to reduce the stress about social media. I'm not a huge checklist rule follower. I like to make it sustainable. I like people to feel empowered and not overwhelmed. What I will say about new things coming onto the market, like say again, a TikTok or Instagram reels, is that we have to look at it from a lens of how is this shaping human behavior? How is it impacting what we're getting used to? Kind of like Uber. When Uber came out, I'm sure you thought it was as bizarre as I did. And I'm like, I'm never going to get in a random person's car. That's just not going to happen. And now there's Uber for everything, right? We wish there was Uber for everything. And you can have your groceries delivered. You can have your meals delivered. It's awesome. So it's now become normalized for us. And we expect to see or have that experience. So what I can say about new things that come up, not to have shiny object syndrome and feel like you have to be everywhere, but look at the trends of how TikTok has influenced Instagram now. They have never rearranged their app until they started Instagram Reels. Yeah, and every, now, every other thing I see on Instagram now is a TikTok. And, and we have... Um, we're getting used to it, right? So in two years, it's not going to seem as quote unquote unusual or, oh, you know, I'm a certain, you know, industry. I'm probably not going to be on TikTok. I mean, we're going to see things differently because we're going to start seeing all the other platforms become a little bit more like that. And so I think you need to look at what's trending. It's short form vertical video content. It's human content. It's a little bit less edited in some cases, um, stories, content, et cetera. So I don't think you need to jump on all the new things. And I think you can totally have a favorite and you can spend more time on one platform than another. Uh, and you can even spend more time in one section of a platform than another, like I do, because I, I love stories. I, I could be okay with not having a feed and never posting again, but I love stories. So I do spend the majority of my time there. It's so so easy to follow, too, when you're, when you're doing stories. And I feel like I, I can understand how a lot of businesses, if they can't figure out what's, what's our angle going to be, maybe it's not like you said maybe it's let's just have a voice on another platform somewhere where we just post pictures of kind of what's what's going on what we're doing or share some feedback or tips um, if they want to just have a voice they can listen to hashtags and say hey can we is there anything about our business where we can uh, post something relevant and use this hashtag uh, just just so that our brand has a voice and we have some awareness and that we're there and we're paying attention um, and then i think the other angle of course is the paid side is uh, if, if look if there's not a lot we can do organically. Our audiences are still here. Let's find out where they are, what they're looking at, and make sure that if they visited our website, that they see some sort of an advertisement, um, you know, on the the paid side of social. So um, I love that. I love that approach of don't don't try to do all the things. Um, you know, focus on on one, give it some attention. And we we learned that lesson with our original podcast. Uh, we were doing this uh, search and sip, and it was it was three or four chubby internet marketing guys sitting on a couch drinking coffee from some new local place. And it just didn't kick off the way we wanted to. It was fun because we got to talk about, you know, search and so forth. But 
um, it, it didn't it didn't drive what we what we hoped it would in terms of, of of attention and audience. But you don't give up. You try something new, and that's where we are today. Uh, you just mentioned something about Instagram Reels, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I haven't really heard much about um, what's happening with Reels. I've been so focused on on all these changes happening in, in Google and search engines that I haven't really kept up. Can you can you talk a little bit about what what these Instagram Reels are and how they're different from stories? So basically, if you have any idea what TikTok is, doesn't mean you have to be an active creator on TikTok. If you know what it is, if maybe you've seen it, maybe you are an active consumer of TikTok content. It basically is TikTok inside of Instagram. It is short form micro video content, usually anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds, could even be less than that. Generally, and this is a generalization, generally has some higher level of editing, maybe some music to it. Doesn't need to, doesn't have to. You do not have to dance. You do not have to lip sync. None dance. of those things. I dance, they, they think I'm having a seizure or something. So yeah. I try to dance. Yeah. So you don't have to do any of those things, but it is, you know, full screen, vertical micro video content. And mm -hmm. it basically is a competitor, if you will, to TikTok. And so uh, you know, we're going to see what happens. This was very similar to what happened with Snapchat uh, right. years ago when they brought stories over to Instagram. Yep. And it was, it was such a different network with so many other different facets that a lot of people ended up uh, going over to Instagram and sort of like leaving Snapchat behind. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the competition of the two platforms uh, as they're racing to try to come out with all of these new and improved features, which can be a little bit uh, frustrating for people who are trying to learn Instagram Reels as well. And, and even for people like myself who teach it, because as soon as I teach something, they, they're going to change it. And they're in this race to try to, you know, add everything in that they can. And so uh, right now, if Instagram is a place that is your main social media focus, I would feel very comfortable saying that for this year, at least, uh, maybe it will be going forward too. that Instagram uh, growth strategy is primarily rooted in using Instagram reels. It's going to get the most visibility and most reach of anything else that they so if you haven't started TikTok yet and you're in Instagram, probably stay in Instagram. Well, I mean, I think TikTok would be a great place too. I, I you know, I've talked to so many people that have said uh, it's just been such an, a, a great a growth strategy to connect with actual customers mm -hmm. who they can obviously convert, you know, into dollars. So I've heard some really good feedback. I, I personally just don't make the time <laughs> to, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm all in on Instagram. I, I mean, I'm, TikTok is amazing, but I just personally... I have to be sustainable and realize I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a full-time, you know, coach. So there's only so much time in my day that I have to pick and choose where I put it. And because Clubhouse is out now, I've kind of, kind of. Uh, Add one more to the list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd mentioned earlier, I want to talk a little bit about personal brand. Uh, and we know you're super involved in building personal brands with a focus on quality content, which is something we focus on in the SEO world too. You want to rank for something, you've got to have the best answer, the best page, the best user experience, the most delightful experience. Um, so how would you address these, um, you know, some of these, these questions that people ask, such as, you know, how do I build a personal brand on social media? Or 
you know, how do I, how do I brand myself on social media? Well, I think it's gotten easier, actually. The concept of brand, like quote unquote, you know, we still kind of may think of it as this obtuse thing that an agency is going to help or just a company may be able to achieve or a celebrity. Mm-hmm. But because of the nature of social media and how we all can have our own reality show, we all have a brand, even if More you're not in marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, whether you know it or not, you have a brand. And whether you're on social media or not, that says something about your brand. So for for a lot of social media educators, they talk a lot about, you know, being this word called authentic. And it's kind of like, okay, it's overused and underexplained. And it is kind of uncomfortable to be your authentic self on camera if if you're new to it. So um, it really is about leaning into who you want to serve specifically, what your niche is. In fact, somebody asked me this on Clubhouse. They said, what, what percentage of your following or community on Instagram is in the real estate space? I said, at least 90%. Like I am very focused on who my community is. And then I create content that serves that specific community. And it didn't take me a few weeks to figure that out. It took me a few years. And so I, I've evolved it and I'm here for the long game. So I think there's a lot of mindset involved too in building a brand. And then it's about also allowing your personality to come through because um, one of the things that I hope that I bring to my community is not just education, but also a level of delight enjoy in some of the content that I do. Laughter, right? Yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. And, you know, I remember working on my personal brand in the 2000s. I was SEO Steve. And there were a couple weird occasions because I, I'd written so many information products and videos that somebody would actually come up and say, aren't you SEO Steve? And I was like, okay, so you officially are a bigger nerd than me to so even know who I am. You know, and it was it was funny and, and interesting. But um, you know, now, now all of us have to work on our personal brand because we represent our company. We represent, you know, our, our family and our lifestyle. So I think, I think anyone, anyone who's doing social has to think about, look through their stream and think about what, what am I conveying in the types of content that I have, you know, and I look back a few years uh, back and I'm like, I have a lot of pictures of me drinking beer. I don't know if that's really what I want to convey, right? <laughs> it's like, because I'm being social and I'm using this social media platform, but some of my clients are on there. Some of the people who are doing their diligence are looking me up. Is this is this the most appropriate thing I should be posting? So you know, of course, you you start tailoring your your um, your content to be more around what you want them to know about your strengths, and you know, less about you know what some of your habits might be. So I, I could definitely see that happening. And and you create a brand voice too. I think when you when you do that, you're you're um, conveying a, a certain message to that audience. Um, for you, it's about expertise in, in real estate, and they know that they can they can chat with you and, and talk with you about things that might eventually culminate into you know a business relationship. But even if it doesn't, it's going to culminate into referrals because that person's going to say, "Oh, you have to talk to Chelsea. She has this great podcast, and she's always been helping me on social." Um, and I try to do the same thing on social. I have a few folks that um, that will send me direct messages. Um, some of them are really funny. Hey, boss, I have a question about my, you know, technical or whatever. And and I'll always jump in, give them advice, screenshots, help. I never ignore anybody if they're genuinely reaching out for help. It's it's a little bit of a time suck. But 
what what I see happening is a few months later, I'll get a phone call. Yeah, so and so just recommended you guys, and we have you know a hundred thousand dollar budget we need to spend. And you're like, I'm so glad I was so helpful to these people because it it all kind of pans out. It's reciprocity, I guess is a absolutely yeah yeah. Um, you talked about creating a camera first brand uh, branding strategy for your marketing plan. Um, can you explain that for us? Yeah, I mean, this really started for me in Snapchat days, which I mean, now I feel like it's so long ago, but really it was just a blink of an eye a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it was really innovative when it came out. Nobody knew, it was like TikTok where people were like, what is this? Now we were kind of prepared for TikTok because we've had so much video and we have stories, but mm-hmm. when Snapchat came out, there was nothing like it and you either loved it or you hated it. And a lot of people told me, you're not going to be able to build brand. You're not going to be able to create professional relationships. It's a closed system. The content disappears. Why are you wasting your time? And I truly believe that no matter what it is, whatever you focus on expands. You can be successful doing anything. You can't, you know, we can't listen to say to people saying, oh, you're not going to be successful on that platform. If you want to be, you will be. I'm, I'm so, an optimizer, so I believe in that 100%. Yeah. So, um, I started to notice that I felt like I really liked the people that I was watching. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because here I am like an adult and a mom. And I'm like, if I, if, if my ever told my mom, I was meeting friends online. And so I, I really wanted to go deep into why that was happening. So my background is actually in psychology. I have a degree in clinical psychology and I was planning on being a therapist, but did not end up taking that path. And so I've always been fascinated by human behavior and product psychology and all that, which is why I kind of really dig into like that, that piece of it. And so I started really focusing on the neuroscience of faces and how our brains react to faces and how the neurons fire. And that really, truly at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're in a screen or not. What happens is your brain still has the same configuration of those neurons firing as if you are in the room with them. And then what happens is we have like, you know, this like celebrity effect where you don't have to be a celebrity, but you you don't even know that subconsciously you like, know, and trust that person. And it accelerates this trust and it accelerates this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, I said, this is, this is it. This is how, this is, in my opinion, the best way to build a powerful personal brand. And then when 2020 happened, that was it. If you weren't on social media or had my Zoom link, I didn't see you. And I was craving, craving human connection. We all are. And when I opened up my Instagram stories, I could see my family and friends every single day. And so I always knew it was really powerful. um, And and that that would be the, in my opinion, the fastest way to build a a business and brand um, with your niche community. That's amazing. Um, Thinking about... Instagram again, going back. I know Snapchat was fun. One of the things I liked about Snapchat, by the way, was was the geofencing feature yeah. and being able to. I think South by Southwest, that big concert, was like one of the first real examples of how you can sort of fence people in a, in a certain area and advertise just to those people. And that was that was really a, a, a pivotal shift in how we do advertising and and paid social became you know a, a bigger term than ever, uh, especially you know after that whole geofencing idea, but. Going back to Instagram, the the user follower relationship on Instagram and, and other platforms is it's a challenging one, you know, for a lot of business owners uh, and brands. 
how would you answer, you know, uh, something like uh, some of the questions that people have, like, how do I like this one? How do I get followers on Instagram? And I'm sure that's like the biggest question you get. Everybody wants as many followers as they can get. And I think you you hit it on the nail a minute ago. Don't just try to get followers. Try to focus on your niche. But if you're if you even if you're focusing on a niche, how do you how do you maximize the amount of followers that you get? What's what's a strategy or, or something that you've seen be successful? I think the first thing is honestly mindset because you have to be prepared that this is going to be something that's going to take time and, you know, maybe over three years where you're showing up and you're being consistent. The second step is that I tell them it's very important, in my opinion, for you, us, to become a super fan of the community that we want to be involved with. A lot of times, you know, we hear that we need super fans of our own content, which is great to have. But when you are a super fan of someone else's content, there's a variety of things that happen both algorithmically and also, um, you know, in their own perception, which is very positive towards your brand. And then from there, it's it's about being consistent not doesn't mean you have to be there every day. But it means being consistent. It means showing up. It means creating content, trying things like the podcast that didn't work that you said and trying something else. And that all takes time to go through. And then once you've kind of gotten into the the swing of things, as far as some like strategic tactical things for growth, certainly hashtags and having a, a strategy so that Instagram can sort and serve your content in the appropriate way to the appropriate audience is important making searchable content, which of course you're very familiar with, you know, having the subtitles and having keywords in your captions and all of those things. And then lastly, you know, Instagram reels, to be very honest, that's what they're focusing on. If your number one goal is growth, while I think it should be very specific targeted growth and niche. um, One of the, I guess, I'm not going to say negatives, but one of the things I noticed about me for reels is it was the first time in six years that I was attracting people outside of the industry that I wanted, which I mean, is great. There's, you know, new people, I've made new friends. It's been great, but um, I wasn't quite prepared for that. So, I mean, that's definitely the growth strategy is reels right now because they're pushing them out to five places automatically for you. And they've never done that with any other content. That's amazing. And I know, I know it seems over uh, probably the most overwhelming part is how do I, how do I build an audience? How do I attract followers? And I, I love, I love the point of connecting to other folks in your industry. Um, I was almost blacklisted for my industry 10 years ago because I was um, uh, for uh, to get my job at, at Disney doing SEO and not just PPC. I had to prove to my boss that I could do SEO. So taking his challenge um, I got to the number one position for SEO expert, but to do that, I had to put SEO expert all over the internet, Steve Wiedemann, SEO expert, SEO expert, Steve Wiedemann. And I kind of got blacklisted from my community because they they hated the fact that it seemed like I was bragging about being number one for SEO. But those who knew me knew I wasn't anything like that. They knew I was you know, more humble and transparent. It was really just for, you know, to, to get the role that I really wanted at the job I was at. Um, and then when I when I finally dropped that page and I got into you know, the, the community a bit more. And I started getting into the, the groups and getting invited to some of the private groups and, and really, you know, uh, developing those friendships, Slack groups and Skype groups. And and we're now, you know, we're all connected. We're on these, these hangouts. And I get invited to things that I didn't even know existed because one of my other friends or peers in the industry says, oh, you got to invite Steve Wiedemann to this. He's really good at that topic or has a lot of uh, passion about it. Um, and I think in doing that, you're, 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 friends that are now on those different social networks tag you 
um, in, in many cases, and that helps build your brand awareness. I probably get at least at least three or four uh, connection requests uh, a day from folks that are specifically um, connected to another peer who says you have to connect with with Steve. Of course, we all get a lot of spam requests too, but it's interesting to see that. I'm like, wow, how do I how do I know you? Oh, Chris said I should talk to you. I'm like, wow, that's right. pretty cool. Um, I know we're getting close on time, but I was um, I was just thinking about that whole idea of, geez, how do you, if you're new at social media and you want to build followers, the, the easiest way, like you said, might just be, you know, following other people's posts, commenting on their posts until they, they start to see you in the, in the comments. Like, oh, I always see this person commenting on my stuff and sharing and, and tagging me. A few months go by, maybe even a year goes by, you decide to, to do a connection request and make friends with them, not just, you know, follow or whatever. And um, next thing you know, they're they're promoting you because you you know were a, a big brand advocate of them. So I could I could see how that could could really grow and help you improve your own uh, branding. Once you're in front of their audience, if they've got a million followers, you've just absorbed a few thousand new followers in a day. So it's neat to see how that that sort of growing off each other's influence um, can help build um, an audience. And of course, there's that that algorithmic side as well. Um, you did mention that the the real secret sauce power to personal branding. Uh, is uh, is telling a story that's uniquely yours. And I love stories too. I'm glad you mentioned that earlier. Um, what does that look like for businesses and brands? I think it looks different this year than it did last year. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, in light of, of the very unique environment that we were all in in 2020 and we were craving a human connection and, you know, I, I really do hope we all go back to normal soon. I don't know when that will happen. Um, but when we do go back to the way we used to live, most likely, um, I, I really don't think Zooms are going to stop. I don't think social media is going to stop. I and mean, we've really, you know, learned how to utilize these tools. And it, we'll go back to connecting in person, of course. There's nothing that can beat an in-person connection. But, you know, we we're now at a point where we want to see human beings representing a brand. We want to see behind the curtain. We want to connect with somebody that motivates, inspires, you know, we, we were craving that. And so I think that as an individual, it's often a little bit easier to have that connection with a community. You look at really large brands who spend millions of dollars to borrow someone's space that people can connect with. And so um, I think that getting to more of a human side um, and, and, you know, a lot of, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn as well. Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn is, has kind of gone through this evolution of, you know, yes, you can be a leader <laughs> and also human. Um, and so I think that brands and companies really are going to need to be much more I think human and conscientious and, and connecting. And so I think that the solopreneur, the entrepreneur, the individual definitely mm -hmm. has a bit of an advantage when it comes to that. Is there, is there a creative process for deciding on what your story is as a brand? What's, what's that? Absolutely. Process? I mean, there definitely is, you know, looking at your, what your goal is, what your end goal is, how does your product help change people's lives? How does it impact? Does it save them time? Does it save them money? What's the benefit? Oftentimes, you know, when we, when I look at somebody's bios or what have you on social, it's very normal for us to think about how do we prove that we're valuable? How do we prove our credibility? And we talk about ourselves. And oftentimes, if 
we want to connect with the person who is consuming our profiles and bios, they want to know what's in it for them. That's just how we are wired. So what is the benefit? What are you going to do for me? Why should I follow you? So I find that I flip that around and I talk about my superpower and then I don't just leave it at my superpower. I say, here's my superpower and here's how it benefits you. And so it's more focused on that. So I think you have to get really clear on what your superpower is. And mm -hmm. then you can't just say, here's my superpower. You need to tell people how it's going to help them very clearly. And then you have to repeat that messaging again and again. Um, so it, it doesn't happen overnight, I, at least for me, it didn't. And for those people who maybe have that ability, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. I started with an idea, it evolved, it evolved, it evolved. And so it took me time to get to where the the brand of me is today, uh, which was, you know, not super different than it was six years ago, but I've really, I've really gotten focused on on what that story is. It's a lot, a lot of repetition too. It mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of trial and error, a lot of just getting in there and, and doing something and molding it and crafting it until you know you you get where you want. So it makes a lot of sense. So Thinking about Instagram still, what, what do you feel like, and I know this is probably a variable based on where you are in the world, but what would be the best time to post on Instagram? Well, I'm not a social media rule follower. Um, so I actually don't batch content. I don't have a content calendar. Uh, I believe in creating content. I just, my brain doesn't work that way. I wish it did. Um, my my I, daughter's an artist. She's exactly the same way. She's like, if you give me a list, I will yeah. throw it in your face. <laughs> it just hits me when it hits me. And I wish I could sit down and write down ideas. I mean, I, I wrote a book about content, so I'm living proof that you do not have to think in a certain way to be able to create. And so honor Chelsea, maybe people are overthinking it. Maybe that's why they're they're challenged with it. They're they're trying too hard to have a perfect structure and game plan instead of just just doing it instead of just getting well, out there and just trying. Yeah, I mean, and you can over you can overthink on both ends. You can overthink and say, I have this, I I, I am batching content, I'm creating it, but maybe it's not good enough. So yes, at the end, action is always better, done is better than perfect, of course. Um, but it, it's, it, I am not a, okay, if you're not posting at these times, if you're not doing it this many times a week, ultimately you have to honor your personality and style. And you also have to think of something that's sustainable long-term. If you know that you have a very busy day and you want to be the one who's making your posts and your creative genius is between, you know, 10 PM and 2 AM, then post then or schedule it. But it's really about what works for you. Are there like small nuances that you could look at your anal analytics and insights and, you know, a million researchers looked at tw 12 billion posts on LinkedIn and found that X day at X time and, uh, you know, yep. Eastern versus Central. But then I find that that becomes an excuse. It becomes a, oh, miss my window. I'm not going to post because, you know, I'm supposed to do it at Tuesday at 12 or it becomes a stressor and you're like, oh, tomorrow is my posting day and I got to get it in at this time. So I just say, forget all that. And let's, let's work on something that is realistic and that you think you can sustain and do for three, four or five years. And, and your followers will get to know that you know, she usually posts on Thursdays or Thursdays at, at, in the evening at some point, I usually look for something because that's when they tend to post. I think some of your followers start to get used to that. Mm -hmm. And when they engage with it um, every time, Google and other search engines and social sites are going to show that content more frequently to the user who seems interested in it. So Definitely. 
not so much about, hey, if I post now, more people will see it. It's, you know, I'll post, you know, when it's convenient for me and the people who matter the most are likely going to see it. And when they engage in it, that's the algorithm kicks in and then I'll start to be shown even more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, what are your favorite Instagram tips? You mentioned reels, which I'm going to definitely be playing with that myself after uh, after our call today, now that I know that it's a big thing now. And um, I'm not going to give up on TikTok, though. I'm going to give it a shot. Yes, yeah, don't give up on TikTok. It's great. I definitely think everybody should go over there, too. Um, so I think some tips, some tactical tips, if you will. Okay. I do look at reels as growth. So, But I also think you need two components to make it sticky. You need the, you need to, you know, cast the net to get the fish, but then, you know, you, you, what are you going to do with the fish when you have them? So the reels is, is going to be great for that. And IGTV, which is basically is like YouTube or longer form video and Instagram. It's going to build your brand authority, your credibility. Can you IGTV or do you have to like apply for it? Nope. Anyone can do it. And, um, you know, you're probably going to be in those videos, which is great. And then we have, now that they're here, we want to like, know, and trust you, get to know you behind the scenes. That's what the stories are for. The stories are my favorite thing. I, I Like I said, I wish I could just only do stories. And I think it's so human. And you have these private one-to-one conversations. And you're talking to people and getting to know them. And you kind of see their own reality show. So it's something very connecting and human about that. So it's almost like this, this two-step scenario where you have the content that's going out. And they get to really know you. So if you're only doing stories, you're probably not going to grow very much. And if you're only doing, you know, the stuff that is for, for growth, then, you know, you're not maybe going deep enough. So I do like that strategy. And the other tip that I will give is um, when you're posting in the feed, like the main home feed, uh, the swipeable posts, they're actually called carousel posts, but the swipeable posts perform really well, mainly because they're going to, let's say you have uh, 10 pictures or images, and maybe I only see the first one as I'm scrolling through the feed, you have more chances is they're going to show you a different photo from that carousel again. So now I have more opportunity with one piece of content to get seen uh, more times. And every time I'm swiping, that counts as an engagement. So instead of just maybe a like, um, if I have someone swiping, then I can get additional engagement. And as you just said, then the algorithm says, hmm, Okay, so this looks like they like it. We're going to show their content higher up in the feed to them and and so on and so forth. Yeah, I know, I know a big challenge that a lot of businesses I've spoken with when I said, how come you aren't doing more on social? It's like, well, we really don't have somebody who can do all the, the graphics and, and you know, the, the presentation stuff that, that we need to be able to compete against some of the competitors who have like a dedicated graphic guy who does nothing but just like social media content for them. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's rocket science. I think some of those images you could do by creating some very simple slideshows, really, right? And then take you can screenshots. just make all of your stuff on Instagram stories. You don't have to make a really cool graphic with like arrows saying swipe. You can just make a story, put the text on it, screenshot it, like you said, and do eight of them. And there you go. The power of screenshots. I love mm-hmm. it. All yes. right, Chelsea, you ready for a lightning round question? Yeah. All right. Number one, biggest pet peeve businesses do on social that drives you crazy. Oh, yes. Um, Spammy and even polite spam messages. Polite spam is when they slide into your DMs and are like, hey, love your content. If you ever want, you know, help with this or that, or if you ever want to think about working together, 
I, the, the DMs for me are sacred. That is where I talk mm -hmm. with people and get to know them or that person can provide value. So um, definitely spammy DMs. Awesome. Yeah, I, I get quite a few of those. Dear sir, do you need links? <laughs> yeah. Uh, dear whoever you are, you're getting blocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number two, best tip for someone new to social media looking to build their business audience. Well, it depends on if they want to go the organic route or the paid route, because you can go both and, you know, it's really time or money, right? If you're going to invest your time, I'm a big organic fan, um, but there's so many things that you can do with both Facebook and Instagram and creating custom audiences and retargeting and all, you know, you've got the pixel and of course now with iOS 14, that might be a little bit different, but you can still create audiences who have already consumed your content. But if you haven't even made content yet, what I'd recommend is honestly really consuming a lot of stuff and saving it and really kind of trying to figure out what speaks to you about that content. Because you have to remember that whatever you're putting out there, you know, if you want people to engage, why do we engage with something? We engage with it because, you know, it made us feel something. We liked it. It made us laugh. It made us think. It made us motivated. It made us inspired. It taught us something. So think about the things that you're engaging with, and then you can think about maybe how you can make that into your own niche or industry. I love it. My my favorite tip of what I've seen work really well in search engine social is using a tool called Answer the Public mm -hmm. to see what questions people ask and then come up with some really fun, engaging, humorous, you know, attractive, however you want to do it, content that solves what those problems are that people are searching for. I love that. Um, best tip for someone on social media looking to build their personal brand. Number one tip. Video. Video. Okay. Video. Short like form video. Yeah. Okay. But show your face. Show up. That's that's. Oh, the my students have a hard time with that one, Chelsea. I, you know, I told you before. I, I mentioned that I, I teach at a few of these colleges, and when I when I said, "What's your what's how can I make this class amazing for you?" I'd say eighty percent of them came back and said, "Don't make us be on video." Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You're a yeah, digital. Yeah, you can be human enough. And you don't want you to can be, be human in other ways, though. Like you can, you, should, you can hear your voice. I mean, sending direct messages with voice messages. You can Clubhouse. record video. Yes, Clubhouse. You can record video that maybe you're demonstrating something, and they're still hearing your voice. You can yeah. use emoji. You can write your captions like you speak. So there's all different kinds of ways that you can make human content. But if you're asking for my opinion on the best way to accelerate it, video. Yeah, love it. Favorite social media tool that you can't do without? Oh, I would say probably my favorite editing app, which is Video Shop. Okay. I love Video Shop. Um, I also really like Mix Captions, which caps captions videos. And I'd say those are those are probably my two most used apps that I use for social media. For somebody that does captions. I'm going to have to check that one out. It's mm -hmm. awesome. It's it's one of the hardest things I think to find is affordable uh, caption service. And if there's a, an app that does that, that's insane. When you when you pay for a service online, you've got to wait for the time for them to get back to you. And you know by the time you, you get everything back, you're like, do I even want to post this now? Right. <laughs> um, who should we follow on social media uh, if we wanted to master the, the medium of, uh, of social and digital marketing? Oh, wow. So many amazing people. Um, 
Well, Jen Herman, it's Jen with two N's, J-E-N-N, and she is internationally known. um, She's the world's foremost blogger and expert on Instagram, and I always recommend her. She has a YouTube channel. Obviously, she has an Instagram, um, but her blog is incredible, and she's always debunking myths. So I can't say enough about Jen Herman um, in regards to YouTube. a great friend of mine, Shelly saves the day. You can find her anywhere. Shelly saves the day. And she's always really focused on tips for vertical video. She's got great content. I like to promote people that love to share and don't hold anything back. And so those are some of the people that I definitely recommend. And I just interviewed on my podcast, um, Giselle uh, Ugardi, and she uh, was, I think she was might have been number 10 on the list for top TikTok wow. creators who are specializing in teaching people how to use TikTok and also marketing tips in general. I need to check that out for sure. <laughs> and you got to give yourself a shout out too. Look at look at all that you've done and accomplished and where do, where do people follow you? Best place to get with me is uh, Instagram. Unfortunately, I maxed out on friends on Facebook. I do have a Facebook page. I'm on all the socials by my name. So you'll be able to find me everywhere. Um, but the best place to connect with me and my content is on Instagram. I always answer my DMs. It may not always be right away because I do have a lot of conversations in the DMs. Um, but eventually you will hear directly from me. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I responded to like 45 people while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, right. is awesome. I love it. Yeah, Chelsea, this has been amazing. I, I really appreciate your, your time and, and uh, helping all these folks that are a little intimidated like us even from some of these these new social platforms and how we adapt and how we, we just um, own it and just jump on, find our voice, find our story and, um, you know, and, and get involved. And, and thanks for sharing your info too. I'm sure, um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to reach out and, and get more tips from you and, and hopefully, um, hopefully it turns into something great. Thanks for being on the show today. Any last, uh, things you want to tell listeners? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. And yes, I would say, you know, I always, because I'm a parent, I generally do a lot of like parenting examples because I feel like I can relate. But even if you're not, I just want to say like when I had an idea of what it was going to be like to be a mom and it didn't turn out to me like that at all. I thought I was going to have like this whole schedule and it was going to be perfect and all that. And I wouldn't have known how to be the mom I am today unless I actually did it. And yes, not everybody's forced to be on camera, like I'm forced to parent, right? Um, But there is a beauty and sort of being forced into being a parent because you got to figure it out. So the best advice I can give you is like anything else in life, whether it's driving or cooking or your current job expertise, you had to do it to get better at it. So you're not going to make video 200 if you don't make video number one. I love that. Yeah. I remember the first time getting on stage, being the computer geek that I am, I was like, what am I doing up here? And then I did enough times and now I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. And I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, definitely have some follow-up and if um, if we get some questions, maybe we'll even uh, do a second show down the road. Awesome. Whatever new new social media network or new additional Instagram reel type thing is coming out, we're definitely going to want to pick your brain. Awesome. So thanks again for your to. time today. And, uh, and guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next show.